Broadcasting live from the Zimmer Communications World Headquarters. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Get ready, pal. Welcome back. Wake Up Mid-Missouri. I'm Scott Fon, filling in for the traveling Stephanie Bell. We'll, we should do a poll sometime about where Stephanie Bell is right now. She claims Kansas City, but I think it's like Nepal or or the Catskills or somewhere. Producer Hannah making all the trains right on time. We could do like a Where's Waldo, but it's Where's Stephanie Bell. I love that. And the radio legend, John Marsh. Good morning. And my daughter has has played hooky from school. Don't tell anybody at Wardsville for me. She's hanging out with me this morning. Millie, thank you for sticking around. Good morning. Got that dang green sweatshirt on. Uh, well, I saw you have your California Pintos. Yeah, hey, I was gonna say. There's nothing wrong with the participation trophy. When's if you're the a last Pinto. time they won a state championship? Uh, 1998 with Caleb Jones and Alex Tuttle. Now How many re- years ago was that? Listen, I've said on the show before, we're still licking our wounds from the uh, butt whooping we got in football this year. It was like... A lot to nothing. Well, I'll tell you, we have our textures coming in. Best best fast food breakfast, 874-9330. We have a vote for Jack in the Box, and now we have one of my favorites here. Tracy comes in with the Corner Post General Store just outside of Fayette. Good stuff. Now, let's talk to a lady that is probably seeing Fayette, Farmington, and every place in between. Crystal Quaid, Democratic nominee for governor. Representative Quaid, thank you for making the time. Good morning. Thanks for having me. How's campaign going? It's going great. I'm having a really good time. So I saw you were not at the Farm Bureau meeting, and that's going to surprise some folks for a Democrat to be at Farm Bureau, but I happen to know you, and you're a Webster County gal. How was your visit with the Farm Bureau? Oh, it was awesome. And yeah, definitely the first Democrat to be there in quite a while, but I had a really good time. I heard the reception was very warm. It was, yeah. The truth of the matter is, people don't quite... If you start counting votes in the Missouri General Assembly, if you want to do something for ag, the suburban folks have turned harshly and just stabbed the rural Republicans in the back. It t- To actually do something for ag, it takes rural Republicans and it takes Democrats, or you can't pass an ag program in the state of Missouri. The suburban folks, they want all the crazy. They, they demand the rural people be there for the crazy. But when it comes time to vote for ag, I mean, they just knife. Is it, is it odd to watch across the aisle the suburban folks just knife the rural guys in the back and they just take it? It really is. Um, yeah, there's not a bill that ha- that goes through the General Assembly um, mostly without the 52 Democratic votes that we have. And so, yeah, that puts us uh, at the seat uh, for discussions and absolutely gives us an opportunity to show that we're more than what folks think we are in the state, but we actually give, we actually care about rural Missouri, too. Well, you've turned it around. I mean, there, there's two things that happened. It's the right place, right time. First of all, it was it was interesting to watch the suburban Republicans just turn both guns and try to destroy the rural Republicans. But before then, uh, you've had to grow that caucus. I mean, you've added eight, ten members, and that's that. Those the, the math doesn't always count, but the half a dozen times a year it counts. They're big bills, and it really matters to have that Democrat caucus and to be able to go talk to some reasonable members in your party and work on a bipartisan bill. Because without that, and I think the future, that's even more of that. Yeah, absolutely. We've definitely been flipping seats. And to your point, I think there's going to be probably another five more Democrats through this next election. In Ooh, the five? I think so, yeah. All right, now, if you don't hit five, we're going to blame Ashley Ani for that, your replacement, right? <laughs> that works for me. I saw the Teamsters endorsed you. Good, hard-working folks. Yes, thank you. Yeah, labor is really coming out strong very early for us, and it's exciting. Well, this is the time of year that the Teamsters, uh, you hug your Teamster, right? When you, I mean, I have bought so many packages that get delivered, uh, it's almost embarrassing. And half of those, maybe more of that are delivered or touched someplace in the, in the, in the chain by a Teamster. 
Yeah, absolutely. And it's almost every day at this point that they're coming to your door. So you get to know them well, too. Leader Quaid, we do appreciate you joining us live uh, on the program. It's always good to hear from you, and we appreciate it. I know you're running for governor, but in terms of the the uh, session coming up, which is basically less than a month away, the numbers are still right now. Republicans, 111 seats. Democrats, 51. And again, you've picked up seats, and you, you believe you'll pick up five more. Ideally, what would be one or two main priorities you'd like to see done by the House if you could do it? If we could you know, wave a magic wand and get something done. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, you know, I, I love the concept of waving a magic wand, um, but I, I also like to be a little bit more pragmatic sure. than that. Um, we know this next year is going to be intense because so many Republican state house members are running against each other for those Senate seats. Um, and of course, we've got lots of senators running each, against each other for higher office. And so it's going to be a contentious year. But I do think that there's a lot of space for some things to get done and a big bipartisan effort we're hearing a lot from, not just within the General Assembly, but from the governor himself is child care. So I'm really excited uh, that we might find some space in, in that in the child care area where we can work together and actually help folks out. And particularly, you know, that's an issue that is affecting rural Missouri quite a bit because so many of our schools are on four day school weeks and there's just no one to help out with the early, early age kiddos. And so I'm hopeful we can get something done there. And I did speak to your colleague, Representative Shields, who was very uh, confident about that. And there were obviously strong Democratic support for that. Uh, mm-hmm. Senator Arthur carried the bill. And the reason it died, because of a Republican filibuster that was a couple senators reading out of books. Um, so they, they were hopeful of that. If I may follow up, too, the governor will, will find out his budget proposal probably early to mid-January. But in the past couple of sessions, he has funded Medicaid expansion um, under orders. I know he was under orders from the from the court, but but obviously he did fund it. Are you confident that Medicaid expansion will be funded in January as well? Oh, absolutely. I am. Uh, we have seen, um, you know, in my time in Jefferson City, we have had 19 rural hospitals closed. And a big piece of that was because there just wasn't enough funding to keep those doors open. And so now that Medicaid expansion has been funded by the by the General Assembly and the governor continues to make it a priority, we know folks all over the state deeply care about having affordable health care. Folks are using it. And so, yeah, I think that he's going to propose that again. Thank you, Leader Quaid. Representative, give us your take on the ethics investigation into Speaker Plocker. Oh, goodness. Um, That is one that, you know, there's one uh, I don't I'm not privy to the information that is going on in that hearing. So I can't give you any secret insider scoops. I wish I could, but I can't. Um, You know, I think that it's an unfortunate another distraction that we're going to have in an already contentious election year. Um, We don't know how long this is going to go on for, but I do know that, you know, we could guess enemies of the speaker are going to continue to dig in and use this to distract from the stuff that needs to actually be happening for Missourians. So it's unfortunate that this is going on. But as always, um, I trust our ethics committee. They do a great job. It's a completely bipartisan committee, and I've always supported whatever they come out with. So we trust them to do the job necessary. But again, I think it's going to be another distraction that is going to unfortunately get in the way of our jobs. Do you think, do you feel a little bit like Senator Rizzo sometimes, the minority leader in the Senate? For the most of the last four years, he's just got to put his feet up, make popcorn for everybody, and watch the Republicans fight. Now you've got the Republicans fighting each other, trying to kick each other out of office, trying to decide who can hire who's L.A. I mean, it is, uh, you get to be a little J.J. Rizzo-like now, just watch him fight, right? 
Yeah, it's it's going to be nice because, you know, I, I often find myself being more like the mom in the room and trying to keep them, <laughs> you know, from burning everything down and just being really stupid. But <laughs> at this point, you know, yeah, because they are attacking each other so much, it is a lot more like the Senate. Um, so I don't know if the House members just got bored and wanted to be like them. I don't know. So let me ask you this. Uh, there's a, there's some question right now in the House over who hires your L.A.'s. Um, your staff, you have one of the better staffs I've ever seen in the minority leader's office. I mean, you, you've got several talented folks, uh, starting with Michelle, who you had before your minority leader. Who does Michelle work for? Does she work for you or does she work for the house clerk? Michelle works for the people of the 132nd district. That's who Michelle works for. Um, but to get into the, the actual question that you're asking, um, yeah, we get to hire our LAs. That's the benefit of it. But because do I you? am, I mean, yes, we do. I think it's going to be interesting to decide if you actually do or you don't. That's going to be an interesting thing. Maybe it's a little inside baseball. Let's talk about something that's not inside baseball. Yesterday, the Missouri Times reported that today it's likely Senator Carl Esslinger will be tapped to head Desi uh, starting in July after session. What do you think of Carl as the pick to head Desi? You know, I think uh, I generally am avoidant of pitting, picking politicians to run our departments. But I'll tell you that Carla is one that I, I got bipartisan text messages from everybody yesterday who were thrilled with the pick by, by the governor to head Desi. Um, she is somebody who has worked across the aisle um, in her years in the elected capacity to come up with great education policy. And I think folks are excited that she's taken over. Look, I mean, I, I don't I don't think it's any secret that on the other side of the aisle, there are a lot of Desi fans. But also what people don't don't see is tons of schools and folks in the education establishment just want rid of Desi. They just see it as an annoyance. I, I think there was some dark days ahead if they didn't get this pick right. And I think old Charlie Shields, Peter Hershon, the folks on that board, Mary Schrag, I think they did pretty well by getting a, a Wasola gal who's not far from Webster County from where you're from. I actually think that department was going to start to see significant wholesale. There, there's going to be change in education no matter what. That's just going to happen. Whether it's changed in order to make it better or just to tear it down, I think a pick like Carl Esslinger it makes a lot better shot that the changes are actually to make it better instead of just get rid of it. Absolutely. And, and she has shown um, in her time that she's somebody who really wants to know all of the details and wants to talk to everybody impacted by the bills or by, by the policy changes at this point and the regulatory changes. And so, yeah, I'm really hopeful that she's going to turn the ship around. And I would say, you know, the issues with Desi are not just partisan issues. I no. have had Democrats um, come to me with their frustrations over the past few years as well, uh, especially folks from the education space who have worked there for a very long time. And yeah, I think I think this was an interesting move and we're excited to see where she takes it. I've personally been on these airwaves defending Desi in this establish education establishment. They couldn't have knifed me harder. I, I feel you. I, it is... It is a startlingly bizarre operation that is in desperate need of... I, I was kind of in the pan, but just burn it down. But I, with Carl Esslinger, if you give it to Carl Esslinger, well, if she's running something, it's not going to be incompetent. Yeah, absolutely. And she's proven that. And so, you know, while I don't agree with her with everything sure. as in her elected capacity, I think that this is... Uh, I highly respect her. She is well-liked by everyone, and I know that she's going to give this uh, job everything it deserves. All right, just me and you chewing the fat here. Who uh, who do you want to run against? You got Bill Igle, Jay Ashcroft, Mike Kehoe. You're going to be waiting for that Donnybrook to end in August to run against one of them. Which one do you want? 
You know, my my opinion on that changes almost every day, to be honest with you, because um, it is going to be a really interesting year to see, you know, they're already starting their paid attack ads against each other online. And so this is another situation, to your point earlier, where in, with their primary fight, I kind of get to kick my feet up and just watch and keep my head down and do the work of raising money that I travel in the state that I need to on my side. Um, but to answer your question, you know, I think... I think that when it comes to whether it's Bill Igel pretending to burn books on the, and whatever he's saying about doing that in the future, that provides a space for us. Um, Ashcroft, obviously the most extreme and uh, the name ID that I think is going to draw some national attention. So that's who we're looking towards uh, to be winning. That See, fight. I'll just tell you, I think this is just my my um, my white trash intuition tells me. My crystal meth ball, as we'd say it down in, in southeast Missouri, I think you want to run against Ashcroft. I think it gets your competitive juices flowing and gets you angry. Am I wrong? Oh, you're definitely not wrong there. I mean, we, <laughs> we already go toe-to-toe in committee all the time because he doesn't remember what his job is, and he likes to show up to testify um, on things that are completely I give him credit for that. I, I, I like the fact he comes in. But I, I think Millie's kind of with you. Millie's for Kehoe, but I think Millie's actually for Claudia Kehoe, right? Yes. <laughs> I think we all are. <laughs> yeah, I think that's about right. Representative Quaid, good luck on the campaign. Joe, hope you'll come back and visit with us here on Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Thanks for the time. Thanks so much for oh, having me. I can't let you go. Wait a minute. you got to chime in. Best fast food breakfast. Where at? Oh, goodness. I I don't know if it qualifies as, as fast food, but I go to Waffle House. Yeah, that's I mean, good. It's good. That's for sure. Waffle House is good. But I, I don't really... To me, Waffle House is like pre-breakfast at like one thirty in the morning yeah. is kind of where I'm hitting the Waffle House at. <laughs> Representative, thank you for the time. Thank you, guys. We will be back with our business news here coming up on Wake Up in Missouri. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Their words are their responsibility. What you think, that's on you. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Welcome back to Wake Up in Missouri. It's now time for Business News with just a little bit of twist with Stephanie Bell. And our twist today is Stephanie Bell is not here. So we're going to talk a little bit about the business news that we rural Missouri folks care about the most. Folks that maybe commute to Columbia from, oh, let's say California. Not the, the good one, not the one on the West Coast. The, <laughs> the one in Montauk County. The, yeah. one that, the one that produced Guy Reward winning Caleb Jones. Uh, let's talk about gas prices here. You know... No matter where you are in life, you want to know why inflation's a big deal? Look at gas prices. It affects every single thing we do buy. They've been going down. Uh, even people that are pro-Biden folks, I got a lot of folks that like Biden, and I, I think Biden's a fine guy. Whatever. But you can't deny Trump was just better at gas prices. He was just better at the economy. I, I, just don't, I don't think there's any logical person that could say the world it wasn't more at peace and there wasn't just a better economy. It's gas prices. Millie, what is the average gas price today in Missouri? $2.80 for... A tank of gas. I tell you, when I look at that F one fifty I drive and I have to pay a hundred bucks to fill it up, boy, I wish that orange jerk would come back and hurt people's feelings <laughs> and lower those gas prices. <laughs> I miss that guy when I fill that truck up. But hey, you know if you're gonna knock Biden for high gas prices, good on them when they're coming down. I have a theory about this, Hannah. You wanna hear my just my white trash hillbilly theory? I am ready. I think the Saudis and the Arabs were afraid of Trump might he might do something crazy. So they kept gas prices down because they didn't really know what he's going to do. And the one thing about Joe Biden, being a nicer human being, frankly, you're not really afraid of him. 
And they think they could take advantage of us and take liberties with us. But with Trump, the one thing about him, you couldn't take advantage of him, right? He was going to no, bull up on you. That's true. And I tend to think that, and I look at that debate stage tomorrow night, that Ramswamy guy is probably just a goof. I, I think DeSantis kind of is like Biden. I'm not sure he's going to be that intimidating. Uh, I, I just wonder, Trump is such a unicorn and such a unique guy. But I tell you, whatever you want to say, good, bad, or indifferent, I sure liked his gas prices. Well, and I know I've been enjoying the lower gas prices over the last couple of weeks as someone who commutes. Uh, but I'm always nervous when they come down this much because what goes down must come up. Well, and I, I just I get a little paranoid about what's coming next. Do you top your what vehicle off? says? Yeah, you have to top your vehicle off when you when you see that price go under three. John, let me ask you. All right, this is the great Hannah. You drive from California through Jeff City. And now you you don't have, because Ron Fitzwater liberated downtown, you don't get 18 parking tickets when you drive through town. But you come to, to Columbia. Are the Jeff City prices higher in gas? Always much higher, and I've never, Always. never Isn't understood that right? it. Yeah. I mean, literally, it's higher than California. It's higher than Columbia. John, you're the radio legend. Real quickly, why? Oh, the, the rumors out there that have existed for years about the Jefferson City gas mafia and the accusations of them setting prices. I had uh, a tanker truck driver one time explain it to me as they're coming from different terminals, so it's different prices even at different gas stations in the same market. Millie, so, uh, believe he, what you want. Since Andrew messed up what's out with Hannah, get the general back on the phone. He's got to look at this. <laughs> this. It is truly higher gas in Jeff City. I don't get it. Well, yesterday in Columbia, I saw a gas station at 278 and then winter winter chicken dinner right most places in jefferson city are just barely under three dollars we're gonna be right back with the voice of my adulthood dan mclaughlin here on the eagle 93.9 950 kws news analysis and opinion Welcome back. Wake up, Bid Missouri. I'm Scott Fun filling in today for Stephanie Bell, joined by producer Hannah. Hello. And the radio legend John Marsh. Yes, indeed. While that baritone is a very specific one everyone in central Missouri knows, let me bring in a voice, the voice of my adulthood, the voice every single person <laughs> in this state knows, except for that those two little blocks around Kauffman Stadium in Kansas City. The rest of the state knows that Dan McLaughlin, welcome into Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Hey, thanks for having me. How are you guys doing? I'm 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 really depressed. I'm angry. I'm uh, had to talk me off a bridge a couple times this summer. I'm about as distraught as I can possibly be. If you know me, you know I love the Cardinals. Love the Cardinals. Love the Cardinals. And to watch them just fall apart was one of the more painful experiences I've ever had. Uh, what what is the problem? And Dan, how do we fix it? Give me some hope. Well, pitching, pitching, pitching. And I know that's what John Mosaloc, uh, the president of baseball operations, talked about, you know, since uh, the season ended and really in season was that they had to improve their pitching. I want to give you some hope, though. Since the DeWitts took over, they've had 12 division titles, 17 postseason appearances, and they lead the National League with 75 playoff wins. So 
as a fan base, we've been pretty spoiled. It was just uh, one of those outlier seasons, and they were due to have one of those. I don't think we expect that uh, here in St. Louis, but it did happen. No, we so don't expect gotta, it. Yeah, so they've got to fix the rotation, fix the bullpen, and I, I would imagine things get back to a sense of normalcy next year. Look, I I love the Cardinals beyond all rationality or sense. I know you're right. It is an incredible run they've had since they brought the franchise. Mazalak has had an incredible run. Uh, but do you, so so break down the signings. We signed Lance Lynn. I got to be honest with you. I loved, I remember all of your calls of Pujols, of Molina. I love the Wainwright retirement tour. I'm a little over retirement tours. I want to win championships. Did you know, Dan, there are children in this state who are in junior high that have never seen a Cardinals World Series? I know. That's and hard to believe, isn't it? What do you think of Lance Lynn and Kyle Gibson? Um, I, I think one of the things that you got to remember with Lance Lynn is that he's the rusty nail. And I think that that with, you know, some of these young kids that are coming up, that's important to have a guy like that. Um, but bottom line is it's what you do between the white lines and for him what he does on the mound. Um, I, I've talked to some people that would be in the know, and they feel that the dip in velocity and the home runs that he allowed, he allowed a, a major league high last year, almost 50, was that there was a dip in the angle of his fastball. So if usually if that happens, you can fix that mechanically. Um, and, and so the concerns are the home runs, his ground ball percentage dipped as well. And the problem was any ball that went in the air, you know, about a fourth of the time it went over the wall. So there's some things concerning with that. There's some things that concern you with Kyle Gibson. But the thing is, and I, I get it. I mean, the Cardinal fans want to see him go big and bolder than Kyle Gibson and Lance Lynn. They want proof that this isn't it. And I get that. And they got Sonny Gray. But, um, you know, if you look at it, Gibson, Lynn, Michaelis, Matz, and now Sonny Gray. And I don't know if Matz is going to be in this by the time it, it all shakes out. But they would have been fourth in Major League Baseball in innings. And they needed innings. They needed to get coverage in that department. And the, the bullpen was left to cover way too many outs. So you get guys that give you innings and Lynn and Gibson, and that's probably a good thing for them. Dan, we appreciate you joining us. Dan McLaughlin uh, was a couple years behind me at, at Lindenwood when I was, uh, well, both of us were there at Lindenwood College, now Lindenwood University. Dan, it's always a pleasure to hear your voice. The Cardinal Caravan will be here in Columbia. We don't know all the details, very little, but they'll be in Columbia on the 13th. They'll be in Jefferson City on the 12th. And then winter warm-up coming up as well. You've been to so many of those. I remember seeing you just a couple of years ago in Jefferson City at Missouri Farm Bureau. Dan, what sticks out to you about those events, the winter warm-up in those caravans to these various communities? Uh, the kids, you know, I, I don't know if every kid gets the opportunity to go to Bush Stadium and they may turn on the game in the car on the radio or be out barbecuing and, and listen on the radio or at the lake or you're at home watching on television so you don't get to see these guys up close in person and then when the kids get the chance to see them their eyes light up like saucers you know i mean it's that's the cool part about it is that it's an intimate you know, setting to where the kids get a chance to see some of their their heroes and uh, i i use that term lightly but in a kid's realm in a kid's world they, they are their heroes in a lot of ways um, and so I, I think that's the biggest part is just seeing the, the kids and the families come together and a chance to see these guys up close. You know, Dan, we're joined by a guy who got the big shout out. My son, Gussie, who you've met, was at the Cardinal Caravan last year. And John Rooney gave John Marsh the biggest shout out. John, John you had to feel like the bell of the ball. 
Oh, you know, Rooney and I go way back. Matter of fact, we worked in in radio before he was a with the with the White Sox or anything. My question to to Dan: What you know? We saw the the big bucks for Sonny Gray coming in and free agency and all. What's free agency going to mean for the Redbirds next year if we lose a lot of the rank and file? Well, they do have club options on some of these guys, too. So that's something to consider. It's performance-based as to whether or not they would come back. Um, some of these deals are back-loaded, so especially Sonny Gray. So there's wiggle room with that. Um, and so, you know, I think you just have to wait and see until you get there. Dan, are we underselling Sonny Gray? I mean, the fact of the matter is, Sonny Gray is an elite pitcher. Uh, I, I think that the first two signings were as underwhelming, and I, I think they may be coloring the brush. Sonny Gray is a legitimate top-of-the-rotation guy, right? Absolutely. And, you know, he was second in the Cy Young in the, the American League, and I I think you, you when people look at the numbers anymore, they're kind of skewed from when you and I grew up. I mean, we looked at wins, losses, yep. ERA, innings, how many starts. That's just not how the game is played anymore. It's about swing and miss, and what happens with swing and miss? Pitch counts go up. You don't last further into games, um, and and a lot of people don't look at wins and losses anymore because those are dependent on other people on the field to score runs or make plays. So it's a, if you start going into the analytic numbers of what he's done, which I'm not a, a huge analytics fan. I think there's a, a, a place in baseball and all sports for it. But you can't measure guts, and he's got guts, and that's the one thing that they needed. They needed kind of the the guy to take the ball every fifth day, and if there's a losing streak, he's the kind of guy that can match up with another number one and give you a chance to win. You know, I remember you used to describe the Rusty Nail comment. You described once at a baseball writer's dinner my favorite half-season Cardinal, Will Clark, as the Rusty Nail that team needed. Uh, Is that kind of in the same vein Lance Lynn is? I think so. Um, And when I think of Rusty Nails over the last – 30 years, that's the one that comes to mind is Will Clark. I mean, he came in and kind of changed the culture of that club with certain players, which was needed. Um, and with the young kids that they have coming, and and I'm talking about Tinkins, Graceffo, uh, McGreevy, you know, you, you got to learn how to be a pro. And so when you're around Kyle Gibson and Sonny Gray and Lance Lynn, uh, you're going to learn how to be a pro. And that's that's something I think that was part of the equation as to why you brought him in. It's a big time here in Columbia. Mizzou going to the Cotton Bowl, 10 wins. It is, it's like St. Louis in October is just a desolate, awful place without playoff baseball. When, when, the, when Mizzou is going to a bowl game, Columbia is just a fun place to be in December. Tell folks how cool it's been to watch this team. It's been great. I mean, there's so many alum that are based here in St. Louis, and you turn on the radio, talk radio, and it doesn't matter if it's just news. I mean, they bleed into the news. And if it's a sports station, they're talking about Mizzou, and they're talking about, you know, what's happening down in Columbia. I mean, we we crave football here in St. Louis. It's unfortunate with what happened. So our team, in a lot of ways, is Missouri. And uh, to see what they've done, to see that they've got local kids from St. Louis, too, which is something that should be kept in mind Cody Schrader Brady Cook Luther Burden you know these are all St. Louis or at least Metro St. Louis kids um, there's that tie in there so there's that fascination with how those kids are, are playing and what they're doing for the state school so it, it's been awesome here in St. Louis all right give me a prediction Ohio State favored by two and a half I don't know I, I feel good about our chances what do you think I like them because Missouri's going to play their their big kids and if you look at Ohio State 
I would assume that their wide receiver, Marvin Harrison Jr., won't play. Their QB is already in the transfer portal. Um, so you're not going to see their, their A guys. And, uh, and that's two big guys that are not a part of their offense. And, you know, when you look at that, and you're trying to play for one game, and I, I would assume from Ohio State's perspective, potentially a letdown just because they're not in the college football playoff. I like Mizzou's chances. I really do. Yeah, Urban Meyer really hit Michigan, and they took they took 10 years of down. Uh, Harbaugh just seems to have Ohio State's number. I mean, he just seems to clean their plow. Well, you know, you you got guys on the sidelines looking at plays. It's going to help. <laughs> you know, I, I'd like to talk uppity about that, but if the Cardinals could steal signs, I'd be all for it. If it meant we won, I, I, I'm not. I'm not too proud to admit. Dan McLaughlin, thank you so much for joining us. I can't wait to see what uh, what happens in the bowl game, and hopefully the Cardinals aren't done, and we'll have a, a happy Cardinal caravan and winter warm up with uh, well maybe an arm or two more. What do you think? Yeah, I think so. I, I think that uh, in particular with the relief core, that they're going to do something because the rotation, the ERA was above five. The bullpen was 29th in strikeout oh. rate, 24th in ERA, and their save percentage was 56%. And so when you start talking about those numbers, it's not just the starters, but they need some bullpen arms, and I'm sure they'll they'll get something going this week down at the winter meetings. Dan McLaughlin, the voice of my adulthood, thank you for the time. You got it, buddy. We'll be back. We'll wrap up the text line after this. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Text the crew at 874-9390. Warning, everyone on the show can read your texts. Welcome back to Wake Up Bit Missouri. We're wrapping up here. Millie, thank you so much for playing hooky from Blair Oaks. Thank you for having me. We got to get you down to report to Miss Rademan, get you in school before I get in trouble. I got to get you back down to Coach LePage for weights class. No. We might be a little late for that, maybe. Good. <laughs> uh, let's talk. Yeah. Oh, the, the text line here. We got Steve coming in. This is what we're talking about, Hannah, right here. Our man Steve says. 275 yesterday afternoon at Sam's in Jeff City. Oh, good. And our man Tim comes in 252 in Boonville. I'm not surprised. I, I yep. am the I am the least conspiratorial person in the world. I always think there's reasons for things, but I'm telling you, I think that I've it's it's that is a legit difference that I think a lot of folks have seen. John, can you maybe? I'm I'm feeling like Pulitzer Murrow Award here. If you can kind of bust this up. I don't know. Yeah, when we were up at the up at Boonville, the gas station right next to the boat Friday night was like two fifty something. Oh, and how'd you do with the boat? Uh, we'll I, talk about something. I, else. De- yeah. I deferred to others. That's what I did. <laughs> you at the you boat. pitched it in. It was our company Christmas party. Well, you improved everyone else's holiday season by kicking in. There, there can't be winners if there's not a loser, right? Yeah, very, very, very <laughs> true. Well, Hannah, what do we learn today? We learned that Curtis Gregory is going. He's going to the bowl game in Dallas, and his wife pays for their phone plan because when he calls, it comes up. <laughs> this big, huge, strapping yep. lineman comes up. Kella Gregory, uh, Andrew Bailey. We learned he likes being endorsed by uh, Eric Schmidt, and he's the Mizzou guy. And I like how he got a little chippy. I like to. There's got to have to be some fight in that guy because I don't think people understand the millions that are going to come here from out out of state to beat him. I liked how you stole some elbows, didn't you? Yeah, I liked that. I liked how Millie and I had to explain 
uh, what Riz means to you. Yes, I appreciate that. that. Entertaining. Uh, I appreciate what matters with Millie. I thought yeah. I'm, Gussie's going to be so stoked to know there's a Starbucks-ish type McDonald's thing yeah. coming in. Uh, Moon Choi, I mean, if you can't get excited talking to Moon Choi, it's on you. It's not him. The guy really has pulled off the Mizzou miracle. It's not just football and basketball, but it is also that. It's the quality of the campus. It's the AAU. When you talk, Moon Choi and Robin Winokur are so similar to me because they both just get you excited about whatever they're doing. It just looks like the funnest thing in the room. Uh, I, I love, I love his, I love his assignment. Crystal Quaid, so much guts coming on this show. Uh, most of our listeners, I can tell from the text line, they might be a little Republican leaning, but I like the fact she came on. You know, here's the thing: like her, don't like her views, totally get it. I'm not a fan of all of her views either, but the fact she comes on here says it says it like it is. I was a fan of the fact she went down to Farm Bureau, which I'm telling you, Democrats more and more have something to tell Farm Bureau. It, it, it's for a long time they really didn't have much they could tell Farm Bureau they liked, but as the world changes, the Republican Party goes more kind of the weak and suburban. You're seeing the Democrats have more to offer now. I still think it's a Republican dominated organization. I'm a member. My son's been a member. Gussie has been a Farm Bureau member every day of his life, but two. But I'm telling you. Uh, more and more of those votes are coming down to be bipartisan. And then uh, Dan McLaughlin, the voice of my adulthood, I got to fanboy out a little bit listening to Dan. You know, John, when he talks, it's like when you do the news, I ju- it just sounds like what the news is supposed to sound like. I found myself leaning into the <laughs> leaning into the speaker when Dan was talking to we myself. Sh- we should, We should get in and record the night before Christmas. Like when the news comes on and it's your voice, John, that's what it's supposed to sound like to me. And then whenever you have. When you have Dan McLaughlin come on, it's just I just kind of revert back to Albert Pujols up in the bottom of the ninth, two outs. I mean, it just sort of uh, you, he just takes you back to another place. D- Joe, Jack Buck was the voice of the childhood. Dan McLaughlin's the voice of my adulthood. I couldn't have loved listening to him more. Do you think, John, they're done? Are the Cardinals done signing pitches? We're going to see some more action. Boy, I don't know. I, and, you know, we've got all that bullpen, all those down bullpen people, too, who are on the free agency list, so... Who knows where they'll end up at? One thing I wanted to point out, something, you know, and Dan kind of flirted around with the the whole Ohio State angle. I know for a lot of people here, their take on it is, how could you root for, number one, a team where their mascot is the Buckeye, and virtually every fan of Ohio State for the last, gosh, what, 30 years has named their dog either Hayes or Woody? <laughs> Well, I don't think you'll be seeing people name their kids Urban Meyer. <laughs> I think he may have took care of that. Hey, John, uh, you're uh, tomorrow. Who you got on the show? Hey, we've got State Representative Dave Griffith, who's confirmed to come in with us. Boy. Reaching out to our buddy uh, Brad Jones from NFIB as well. Well, I tell you, I really thought Rudy Veet made some great points yesterday, especially the compliment of me. I thought Rudy was spot that on. That was the highlight of the whole show for you? It, indeed yesterday. it was. I yes. thought it was. Yes, my, in my vanity. Which said, now, I can tell you what the highlight of the show would be for Rudy Veet today. If he was watching, it would be Millie wearing her Blair Oaks state champion oh, volleyball hands shirt. down. There is not a bigger Blair Oaks booster on this planet than Rudy Veet. And I'm going to tell you, he's done a heck of a job. There's something to boost out there. They just win. They put a little whooping on everyone. Specifically the California Pintos. And a former co-worker, Turbo Ted LePage, who used to work at the radio station. Turbo Ted LePage, I like that. Yep. I did not know that. I knew From he was- his days on American Gladiator. Google it if you've never seen it.
Okay, yeah, you've opened up a whole... See, the problem with me when I get to Googling stuff like that, like Larry Ployce, a friend of mine, Jeff City, won prices right once. When I get in that Google hole, then I'm like two hours later, I'm looking up and I'm like, oh, I didn't know Danny DeVito got to start doing this. It always takes you down these winding roads, but <laughs> Turbo Ted LePage was on American Glad. I can see it now, right? Oh, yeah. He's still Turbo Ted LePage. There you go. And works me. Millie has weights class with him, and, and as you could tell, she's not exactly a fan. And which is why we'll probably have to go stop at one of these not fast food places for breakfast. But she's really ripped. Mm-hmm. Oh, she can tell them what you can bench now. Uh, One hundred thirty deadlift. Five, but I can squat one ten. She's barely eighty five pounds herself. Guys, thank you so much for having me. I had a blast. We'll see you, you tomorrow for Wake Thanks, Up guys. in Missouri on News Radio nine fifty KWS and Eagle ninety three nine.